Hi there. You're listening to Norway Next, a podcast by Visit Norway, geared towards the modern travel mindset. If you are going to a Norwegian city anytime soon, this is the podcast for you. Picture this. You're in the very scenic western part of Norway, driving through a beautiful coastal landscape. And you stop alongside a beach with wide open views of the ocean. And you see a couple of surfers heading out into the waves. You get the urge to take your shoes off and start walking towards the sandy white dunes, breathing in the salty sea air. As you lift your gaze from the sand, the open sea in front of you, you spot a family playing with a kite on the beach. Surrounded by all this coastal beauty, it's hard to believe that just a few minutes down the road, you'll find Norway's fourth largest city. Welcome to Stavanger. I am Beate Gran, and in this episode, you will learn about a city known for its fantastic food scene, street art, fascinating Viking history, as well as dramatic coastal landscapes and gorgeous sandy beaches. Wait, sandy beaches in Norway? We are thrilled to have Gunnel Vevik from Region Stavanger here to tell us more. She is the PR manager for Region Stavanger and one of my all-time favorite destination experts in all of the land. Welcome, welcome. Gunnel, your passion for travel shines through in everything you do. And I'm just curious, what does a perfect day in Stavanger look like to you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, love talking about uh, Stavanger and the Stavanger region. And for me, uh, going downtown, really downtown, uh, going into Stavanger, it's all about the people, uh, feeling the atmosphere, walking around, uh, just having a coffee in the colorful street, kind of our Notting Hill, Fargigata. And if I have friends visiting, uh, I would, of course, take them on the fjord cruise. It's a three-hour fjord cruise during the day. And uh, I would also like to take them out on the beaches. But walking in the city, it's all about taking in the atmosphere. It's not a big city, but it's kind of urban and you feel the, the people uh, enjoying just taking in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I just love walking around Old Stavanger and taking the vibe of the city and maybe stop for a fish cake to go at the pier. And also, I love visiting Stavanger's museums. You actually have the Norwegian Canning Museum, which is really cool. It's dedicated to the regional canning productions. And I know to some it may sound really quirky or odd, but it's honestly super fascinating and cool. And I think if you're traveling with kids, it's one that I would personally recommend. Do you have any favorite museums of your own? That's one of them, the one you were talking about, depicting the history from 1870 until 1950, before the refrigerators came. We had to uh, smoke sardines and so on. But you could also uh, walk um, over to the Petroleum Museum. Um, It's all about energy uh, and it's also about talking about the dilemmas we have when producing energy for us to live and so on. Uh, this year, there has been um exhibition on the dinosaurs. But it's um, if you do the Canning Museum first and then the Petroleum Museum afterwards, you will really get them. Uh, the historic uh, walk uh, of the region, how being uh, living off the sea all the times, mm. through the times, yes. Mm. So interesting. 
over to something else. I know that there has been some pretty famous movie and television productions where the Stavanger region was used as a film location. Can you tell us why those film studios chose Stavanger as their location? I was so excited when this uh, happened and we got to know about that uh, our region was chosen as a location. And and it's I think it's all about the landscape and the variation in the landscape, the contrast between the fjord and the tall mountains and so on. So it's it's really something you can put an exciting story on, or at least that's how I think they think about finding a location. So suddenly Tom Cruise is hanging off the pulpit rock, the cliff, Prekestolen. It's, wow. it's uh, When does that happen, really? <laughs> so has there been any other productions that you can mention? Yeah, there is uh, a Norwegian production which has also been sell, sold uh, international law now. It's called Lykkeland, um, where we depict the story on when we found um, the black gold in um, at sea and how... Uh, Stavanger transformed during the last 40 years. So it's, it's of course, a, a bit fiction about it, but it's still something that uh, I would kind of see uh, Stavanger in um, how it has developed. So um, it's a storyline about the family living, working in Stavanger. You get the generations going and so on. And it's, you look at the, the dresses on the women and you really find the stories connecting with the people from Stavanger. And it's nice to see that uh, international um, channels are picking up on it and will distribute it as well. Mm. And it must make you so proud to see Stavanger featured on a big screen, whether it's a flat screen in your living room or in a movie theater. It's really cool, yes. So um, moving on from Hollywood celebs, for me in the past years, whenever I have visited Stavanger, one of the things that have really stood out is the incredible street art in the city. And why does Stavanger have such impressive street art? Like, where did that even come from? It's all about what Martin Reed did start uh, more than 21 years ago. He started a new art festival. So he's the founder and he's also the curator. Um, the festival was going on every September for one week. Uh, and the murals are supposed to stay up for one month. There is also always a political dilemma. You um, you don't really know what will be put up on the murals. So um, some political discussions, and uh, usually they stay up until the buildings or or the walls have to be teared down and so on. But it's Martin Reed that has really been putting an effort into this, getting the funding from the state and also from the county and the municipality. Yeah. I mean, Stavanger is just a treasure trove of street art. And I think the best part about it, as you mentioned, it's public, it's free. It's an expression form where, you know, the artist usually tries to convey some kind of message related to a political issue. So, so many of the pieces will move you emotionally and also make you laugh laugh out loud. Um, but I know you offer guided tours where you can explore some of the key murals and, and the hidden works that are all around Stavanger. Do you do you think it's best to go with a guide when you do that? It's it's nice if you could join one of the guided tours because then you get the full storyline, but you can also explore it on your own. Um, and the, the funny thing about new art, street art, is that everybody's asking for a map, you know, where 
is every or are all the murals, but we don't want to give everything away. So it's sometimes you have to kind of discover when you get around town mm. as well. Mm, it's like a treasure hunt. Mm. I love that. And you can also ask one of the locals which which murals are their favorites. So nothing like combining a walking tour with food, right? And Stavanger is well known domestically and internationally for its fast evolving food scene. Um, can you talk a little bit about what's been happening over the years and why foodies are seeking out Stavanger? Uh, foodies are really seeking out Stavanger now. And um, of course, becoming a um, guide Michelin star um, city with two uh, restaurants in town, one with two stars and one with one star, and also recommendations. It doesn't start right away with Guide Michelin. You have to kind of build the food scene as you're talking about it. So we used to have the Gastronomical Institute in town where um, a lot of the chefs stayed on. So it's a strong community about all the different levels uh, of um, the one providing a good service and providing also the good food. Mm. And of course, the local produce in the region is quite important. You have along the coastline, you have up in the mountains, all kind of varies, uh, both from the green, like um, like the cattle and the fish, and everything is kind of put together. And the chefs have a very good um, cooperation with the local uh, farmers. And... Uh, I didn't know this before I just dive into all kind of things with foodies, but it's really about the farmers producing, especially for one chef, different kinds of um, produce. Mm, mm. So it's um, uh, farming is very specialized in some parts and um, and it's really impressive. Mm. And a lot of skilled labor need to be, um, be doing that. Yeah. So what I love, too, is that um, it's not just the, the Michelin star restaurants that uh, take use of the locally sourced ingredients. And it's it's like the smaller restaurants, the unknown, the, even the cafes, they all use what's what's available to them locally through these farms and seafood and so forth, which mm. is really, really great. It's also said that the food is supposed to be short-traveled, but now we say non-traveled. So it's produced really in town or just in the region. Yep. So it's very short distances. Here at the Norway Next podcast, we like to play this little game we call Yes, Yes, No. Basically, those are two facts and one false statement. And we'll say the three things, and you, the listener, We'll guess which of the three is not true. So let's have some fun here. So two truths and one false for Stavanger. A, you can see a monument dedicated to an actual Viking battle. B, you can see Norway's largest timber office building. C, you can replicate Tom Cruise's famous climb from Mission Impossible 6. Stay tuned and we'll reveal the answer later in this episode. Now, Gunnel, we're honored that Lonely Planet rated Norway one of the best countries to travel to in 2022. And green tech and sustainability were two of the reasons. With that top of mind, how accessible are regional activities really? And what type of transportation options can travelers take advantage of in and around Stavanger? Um, 
Uh, nowadays, it's becoming more and more electric. Uh, so both uh, passengers' um, uh, catamaran boats. Just uh, last week, we had a new one put into the system between the Rifilka Islands. You have e-bikes, which you can rent uh, with the bus transportation. There is also e-bikes. If you buy a ticket, you can have an e-bike for an hour afterwards getting around town. And as you mentioned earlier, the city is really walkable as well. But if you want to go out to Swords and Rock, Sveidifjell and so on, it's about three kilometers. It's nice to have a bike as an option instead of yeah, yeah. Uh, instead of walking. Uh, there is possibility to rent um, electrical cars. Uh, the train is available, of course, going uh, south. Um, and um, there is also... What we like to do is put out different suggestions on itineraries for like walking around. You can do a 10,000 steps, walk around in Stavanger or in Sannes or in Egersund and really explore things. And for the e-bike, there is a set um, route along Jaren on the Norwegian scenic route Jaren. Uh, which you could go on e-bike. You stay overnight a couple of places and bring your lunch pack and so on. Um, but there is also nice to do the um, go on the local uh, passenger uh, ferry just to see people commuting with the new electrical ferries. Mm. And of course, the, m- the most important thing and the most popular thing to do is the fjord cruise. And we have an electrical uh, fjord cruise ferry from one of the companies running every day into the Lucy Fjord, which is one of the main main attractions. Wow. Um, and getting around, it's, it's, um, it's really nice that people are trying to choose the more sustainable ways of getting around and choosing to stay longer when they're here. You have to travel a bit slower mm-hmm. when it comes to <laughs> electricity. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, you need to charge and you need to plan ahead where to put your bikes and so on. Wow, so the, it's, um, the commute you mentioned must be one of the most scenic commutes. <laughs> yes, it is. And <laughs> In the world. Uh, different one. Yeah. Not yeah. just going into the Lysifjord, but seeing also the archipelago and the islands. Yeah. That's great. So if you could name three reasons why someone should choose Stavanger, what would they be? Three reasons. It's it's really coming to see a city in uh, Norway that's not not a big city. It's more compared to Oslo, the capital is more like a village, but still it has an atmosphere of the historic and the more urban uh, parts of it. A lot of innovation going on. It's a wooden house city, so you'll if you're interested in architecture, it's really a blast to walk around and look and see how different uh, everything is built in Stavanger compared to the other cities in Norway. So it's it's a variation, and. Um, Looking into the history, the Viking history is, of course, all over Norway. But still, uh, I could mention this uh, to you, Beate, since you're from Oslo. So the battle was in eight, around 872. Uh, Harold the Fairhair fought the other two kings. So it was Norway was united into one um, one kingdom around 872. That's at Swords Rock in the Hafsfjord. Mm. But... Like you're from Oslo, so Oslo sometimes tried to grab some of the history, mm, sorry but about no, that. Uh, <laughs> nothing has been um, settled um, in in paper yet. So the, all the stories and the sagas still um, proclaim that it happened in Stavanger and Hafsfjord. Uh, well, we'll give you this one. Well, you have this one. <laughs> Thank you. So nice of you. Yeah. So 
What about the third? I'm myself a foodie, so the third attraction would actually be going to the fish market restaurant and having the best fish chip ever. So just sit down and have a good uh, seafood meal in one of the restaurants would be one of the attractions as well. Mm. It is hands down probably the best fish soup I've ever had. And it's uh, on the harbor and it's really oh my gosh. the atmosphere and everything. Mm. So, so besides all of these things you mentioned, you know, if you want to pack in a week or longer, is there anything else that, that people should be aware of uh, if you're looking to plan a trip for, let's say, a week? Any other things you can touch on there? Yeah, because uh, we like to mention that you, of course, you could try the nature, the culture, and the food. So it's it's easy access, really, getting around in the region. Even though it's a region, it's just one and a half hour going south, one and a half hour going east. So um, if you're coming, um, we call it the new season instead of saying off season. If you come during the fall, winter, and spring, um, during the winter time, you could actually surf on the Jaren um, uh, beaches. You could go skiing up in Seedal. Uh, you could have the city life in our cities, and it's it's really about exploring, um, going on hikes, and the hikes could be on the beach or up in the mountains. Mm. So it's it's really uh, really nice to point out that Stavanger could be your hub for um, for several days, and you could explore. As mentioned, nature, culture, and and food, mm. and obviously Stavanger being a coastal city, I mean, there's nothing to prevent you from exploring beaches and the coastline in the winter as well as spring and and autumn. Um, you mentioned skiing. Uh, how far out of Stavanger do you have to go, or can you ski or do any alpine sports in and around Stavanger? Yeah, you have to be about one and a half hour uh, north, uh, or you go east really uh, to Seedal to be safe and get enough snow uh, doing the downhill and um, cross country skiing mm. so it's um very good options and the nice thing is that uh, the private cabins uh, one company has private cabins that you can rent so you can either stay at a hotel of course but you could also rent private cabins mm. and then you really get the feeling of Higge yeah, closely Kus, from the very very Norwegian. Cabins. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. for those who are not familiar with the concept of cruise, basically it's defined by an activity or a moment that you share with friends or family or even alone, um, and it involves usually a cabin or uh, a fire, a good book, a blanket on the sofa, that sort of thing. Um, is there Anything exciting happening ahead uh, in the year to come that our listeners should know about that you're personally excited about or looking forward to? I'm really excited about um, still putting more out there so so people could uh, experience more in the region. And like you could say, uh, ski, surf and turf, it's, it's something you can you do the whole year round. Go skiing, um, uh, surfing on the beaches and exploring. And um, the new season is really coming during the winter time uh, as well, um, and and exploring the nature. And for um, for twenty twenty three, it's I'm really looking forward to to next year. Um, a lot of festivals coming up again, people enjoying meeting people. Um, but also every year. Um, 
we have a tropical island just outside Stavanger, 25 minutes by boat. And uh, it's called Flod and Fjære, which meaning flora and low tide. Um, each year, they're kind of adding on something new in the big garden. And the reason we can have such a tropical garden in in Stavanger, it's, it's a couple of degrees warmer uh, just out on that island. So it's really... It's really a surprising place uh, to visit where the family takes you guided on guided tours around on the island. Uh, you sit down for a very nice meal. So looking forward to what they are bringing up for the next season as well. Wow. It's so great how a 20-minute boat trip takes you to this tropical world that you wouldn't even dream of would exist off the coast of Norway. It's a, it's a really great day trip, and you can relax or just meditate. It's It's just a beautiful island and experience. Gunhild, we loved hanging out with you and hearing what you have to say about travel to and in Stavanger. Thank you so much. Wow. I, for one, cannot wait to go back. Now, to reveal the right answer to our yes, yes, no questions earlier, how much do you know about Stavanger? And did you guess it right? The question was, which of these three statements is false? A, you can see a monument dedicated to an actual Viking battle. B, you can see Norway's largest timber building. C, you can replicate Tom Cruise's famous climb from Mission Impossible 6. Well, A, you can see the impressive Swords in Mountain monument in Harsfjord, which Gunil mentioned earlier, dedicated to the historic Battle of Harsfjord, which took place there in the year 872, when King Harald Fairhair gathered all of Norway under one crown. And you can also see B, Norway's largest financial building in wood in Stavanger. That leaves us with C as the false statement. And the one thing you should not do while in Stavanger, replicating Tom Cruise's famous climb from Mission Impossible 6. You know, scaling a 2,000 feet cliff is obviously the one you should not consider trying. And we do our best to promote safety in nature here at Visit Norway. So we prefer that you don't try any stunts on your own. Leave that to the professionals. However, you can indeed visit the plateau at Pulpit Rock all year round or take a different kind of cruise, pun intended, at the Lucifewood or get a view from below. Now you know. That wraps this episode of Norway Next. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you'd like to learn more about today's episode, you can check out visitnorway.com slash podcast for more on travel to Norway. You will also find us on all social media platforms as Visit Norway. So make sure to follow, subscribe, share, and love. And thanks for checking out our podcast.